You're tuned in to Talking Respect with Hannah Benani. This is episode 22 with consultant speech language pathologist, entrepreneur and founder of the Communicators Lab, Vanessa Abu Sliman. Tony Gaskin once said, communication to a relationship is like oxygen to life. Without it, it dies. Nat Turner once said, good communication is the bridge between confusion and clarity. This week's guest, Vanessa Abusliman, shares with us her expert insights as a speech pathologist. Born and raised in Lebanon, Vanessa graduated as a speech language pathologist from the Lebanese University in 2011. She then headed her private practice in Dubai, where she's offering speech language pathologist services. In Dubai, she hosted multiple workshops, provided talks, wrote published articles, and participated in major events and radio shows. Vanessa created The Communicator in Australia, Sydney, promoting the and education on verbal and nonverbal communication and social skills. She also ran up her fitness and plant-based journey in 2017 called Vegan V to share her fitness progress and her recipes, which she's adopted. On the Communicator Lab, she provides one-to-one parenting coaching and consultancy in speech pathology, webinars for parents and therapists, workshops and digital courses for parents, therapists and corporates. Aside from communication, she also launched and ran the initiative No Place for Despair to support the Lebanese people through the economic crisis post the Beirut explosion. With 60 healthcare professionals who volunteered to provide free online therapy support for over 30 families, she's also the co-author of the book Women Who Inspire. On the show today, Vanessa provides her expert sites into speech pathology, she provides tips on going green, eating plant-based recipes as a Middle Eastern meat lover, and how to stay nourished during the month of Ramadan. Hi, Vanessa. Thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate that you're on the other side of the earth. You're in Sydney today and we're in London. So that's a good nine hours away um, time difference. So thank you again for joining us. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. It's really an honor. Brilliant. So if you could please start by sharing with us your journey into the world of speech pathology and you know how you got into this specific area and where you are with it now. Sure. So to introduce myself, I'm actually originally Lebanese. Um, I was born and raised in Zahle, a culturally rich city in the Bika region. I come from a family of six members. I have three older sisters. I attended school in Zahle and then I moved. I had to move my comfort zone to Beirut to attend and complete my university degree in speech pathology at the Lebanese University. After graduation, I opened my private clinic and I was working also at different centers. And opening my private clinic itself was very exciting um, milestone. I renovated the place and worked on every detail to set it up myself until I decided three years later uh, with my fiance back then to close it and to move to Dubai. I was actually seeking bigger dreams and life challenges. And I must say as much as this decision was emotional, as much as I'm grateful for taking it. 
Um, Dubai was the best place to be, to grow on a professional and personal level. I worked there for six exceptional years as a clinical speech pathologist, working directly with families and individuals, um, as a consultant, specialist training teachers and other therapists, and as head of speech therapy departments. Until again, change called, and my husband and I had to move to Sydney, Australia, last year, just one week before the um, the full the pandemic. Uh, back in March 2020, where actually I founded the Communicator Lab. Wow, Vanessa, what an adventure. Um, and you're clearly very brave to have moved um, to another country during this time. So could you share with us now, what is it exactly that inspired you to get into speech pathology and help people with their speech well um when i was young i always wanted to be in the to like to study and to work in the medical field and then i learned about speech pathology and i chose i chose to be a speech pathologist because this profession actually combines science creativity which is a big part of my personality as well and humanity and my interest actually has been constantly developing since the day I decided to enter this field until this very present moment. So working actually directly with families and people with different needs has taught me a lot about how, I'll say, powerful a human being can be, how important patience is because therapy takes time and we really need, patience is a, is a very big element in our profession and how rewarding every tiny progress is. So basically witnessing progress happening regardless of the pace is what fuels my passion for this profession. So you started the Communicator Lab um, only, you know, a while ago. And, um, and that's obviously something that you're advancing quite quickly in. Could you share with us more about this area and what the Communicator Lab is? Sure. So, um, Actually, I believe I have been visualizing creating the Communicator Lab. Maybe I didn't know what the name was going to be back then. But long time back, I always had a vision that I'm going to practice for about 10 years with my full potential. And later, I will combine it all in one project to support and train other therapists, um, mainly to create rich resources for parents and advocating for the importance of communication beyond the clinical setting to reach every person in this world. And this is exactly what the Communicator Lab is, except that at this stage, the plan was realized 100% online. Um, and I'm actually grateful for this change that happened in the whole world, since now we can get to reach people with absolutely no limits or distance barrier. So now at the Communicator Lab, lab I provide consultancy, provide workshops, trainings, digital courses. I have digital products. So, And the main, the main purpose, as I said, is to be more creative, to go beyond what we learn um, as basics. It's more like combining the whole experience. Can you please share your expert knowledge in this area um, as to why children experience speech problems and what are the benefits of introducing support at a young age? Brilliant question. Actually, the, the underlying reason for any speech or language difficulty can be 
there there could be multiple reasons. So it can be genetic, like example, for example, in the case of stuttering, neurological, in case of autism, um, developmental, in case we have a global developmental delay, it can be environmental due to a lack of stimulation and social interaction or psychological, like some kids have selective mutism. And that confirms, so this wide uh, variety of causes, I want to say, confirms the importance of investigating enough and completing comprehensive assessments before diagnosis, diagnosing sorry, or setting a therapy plan. But answering the second part of your question, um, I can confirm that a key and constant element is to intervene as early as possible. Early intervention guarantees better and faster results, as well as prevents complications for further delays. You know, in our society, we hear a lot of social and unprofessional advices, um, as like, it's normal to have a speech delay at this age. Your dad had the same issue when he was your age, and look at him now. Don't worry, it will fade away. Therapy is expensive and ineffective. Just wait. All of this doesn't serve but to miss the opportunity to get the right support at the right time and to call and it would cause further delay. So what I would advise parents and individuals, I really encourage them to trust their gut and to consult as soon as they observe any signs or red flags. Thank you so much. That's really helpful. Um, in fact, I have a a similar question which touches on what you've just spoken about. Um, so there's a child and she's experienced some difficulty with speech. Um, is the fact that the parents speak to the child in multiple languages an issue? Does it affect the child's speech or is that just a myth that's gone round? This is my favorite question. I've been researching and working on bilingualism for over five years now. I have conducted multiple presentations and workshops, and I have a webinar on, on the Communicator Lab all talking about bilingualism. And bottom line, I can tell you that research, definitely where this is all based on scientific research, and it is 100% sure that multilingualism does not cause any speech delay. If a child has a speech delay, it, there might be another underlying um, reason, as we stated before. So it might be neurological, it might be developmental, it might be genetic, but multilingualism itself, it will not cause language delay. At the other hand, actually, it will help. So it's one of the, so actually we encourage parents um, raising uh, multilingual kids to continue using multiple languages because bilingualism stimulates the brain in a brilliant way, especially at a young age, as you were stating, three years old and even younger. Um, the more we're, the child is exposed to languages, the more they would benefit and will stimulate their executive functions, um, their brain, let's say, in general. So this is actually helpful and definitely not the cause. Thank you, Vanessa. That's really helpful to know. I'm sure a lot of my listeners are relieved to hear that. Where do you see the Communicator Lab growing and where would you like it to be in the next few years? 
So basically, the Communicator Lab has been developed very like it was founded only six months back. Actually, today we're celebrating the sixth month. And I definitely have a vision for the future, but I'm more of a person, if I want to say, immersed in the present. I constant, I'm constantly working on different projects. I make sure to take the best step or decision at the moment to grab every opportunity that serves my intentions and the bigger image. But I don't have a specific plan to follow. But if I am to share my vision for the future of my business, of course I do have, but it's more um, wide. I would say that I can see the Communicator Lab growing intentionally and constantly adapting to the need of the wider community because I believe adaptation is the skill that we need at this stage. We, we, we need it much more than even social um, social inter like not social interaction but i mean sorry emotional emotional intelligence or iq or any other skill adaptation now is the key so this is what i hope my business will, will be constantly adapting to the need of the wider community it will become a trustful reference for social communication and creative approaches beyond what is taught at, at the university and adopting a global approach based on wide experience and scientific research of course the book, uh, Women Who Inspire, is remarkable. It contains achievements of inspiring women encompassed into one book. Can you please share with us more about this publication and your involvement? Of course. Um, to be honest, it was a very emotional experience for me. Writing a book has been a, a dream or a future plan to realize and it's not the first time that I actually write. However, it's the first time I write in the intention of actually publishing with a set date. So I usually also write articles to the public related to my expertise, but never shared a personal story. And this is what made this experience very unique. But especially taking part of women who inspire was beyond publishing a chapter or being uh, like a part of the project. The project itself needed to be coherent and purposeful and picking one specific story or message to share was challenging at the beginning actually because we need to pass a message and we need to be very selective and very conscious in what to share and how to share it. So I have always been an advocate anyway for women and I strongly believe that we have a great power especially when we support each other and this is what women who inspire is meant to offer inspiration empowerment for both women and men so these are stories shared by women but definitely who sh should inspire um, both women and men. Let us now turn to the topic of health this is one of the most important aspects of our lives and we have all tried to maintain good health, especially during the pandemic. I've done the heavy work in terms of research and the science shows that eating plant-based food is just as good as having meat, that the separation doesn't need to exist. So for example, where you'd have a piece of steak with broccoli and mash, you're combining the meat with the veg. Protein is contained within plant-based whole foods, so you don't have to do the separation thing. Can you share with us more of your work 
and the interest that you have in this area, as I'd love to explore this a little further. Sure. And I absolutely agree with, with what you mentioned, especially as you said, now we're much more concerned about our health. Uh, from my side, actually, my, stir, my story turning vegan or adopting to a plant-based diet as well um, goes back to September 2017. So actually, back then, I started to do some research and I had colleagues around me who just switched to a plant-based diet. So that increased my curiosity to further explore. Um, it didn't take me much time to be convinced if you want to say but in fact my husband and I this is a funny story that we were actually cooking um, chicken in the oven for dinner and we decided to watch uh, a documentary about the plant-based diet uh, so we watched the documentary together and we reflected and took the decision to try right away and precisely I would say here we decided to try because definitely one uh, one research, one reading, or one documentary wouldn't change your life. But if you can stop, reflect, and try, that would be a perfect way to start. So we literally adopted a plant-based diet the very next day. And with time, experience, and building knowledge as well about what uh, what, what should be our choices, if you want to say, we developed our own diet that serves our lifestyle. And we have actually witnessed progress in our body. So plant-based diet was very efficient in helping us achieve even our fitness goals, building muscles, and having enough energy for the past three to four years. So the reason I'm sharing my story is just to um, say that I'm coming from, like I actually tried, I experienced, I've seen results. Um, I've, I did all my um blood test and I'm sure that health-wise also it is healthy before going and um, talking about it. Um, but I also want to share another message that um, people mostly fear about the amount of protein in the plant-based food. While as you have mentioned, protein is available in a wide, like in the, in the whole food and in a wide variety of grains actually and seeds um, like lentils, peas, uh, beans, uh, tofu, chickpeas, hemp seeds, oats, peanut butter. So it can be delicious as well. Broccoli, quinoa, and the list goes on. So protein also is not the most important macro. We all, we all care about it so much, but again, there are so many other macros that we need to look um, and to, to have in our balanced diet. Actually, fat is important, carbs are important. And my protein, I would say it's mostly overrated from my side, I would say it's overrated unless you have really a goal, a fitness goal, and you really need big amounts, that's when you can compensate it with protein shakes or bars but otherwise a healthy and balanced uh, plant-based diet should should be enough one of the most challenging aspects of eating plant-based foods i find is finding the decent recipe that touches on middle eastern and moroccan food alternatives so in my home you know we'd have a lot of kifta bilbaid or we'd have um some form of kifta and chicken with um hummus or anything that's going to be combined with meat and sides. Um, could you share with us some of your exciting plant-based recipes? They're much needed from this side of the world. 
Of course, I hear you big time. I hear you, especially as I'm saying, I started that like four years back and there weren't, now the awareness is increasing and now you can see options around you. But back then, and even I'm sure it has been very hard for people who switched to plant-based diet even earlier to find options. But you know, the good news is that the Middle Eastern, I think you agree with me, the Middle Eastern and North African food are already very rich in plant-based recipes. I mean, the, the meza, the salads. Um, also, we have been always used to adapt recipes ourselves in the Lent period when we don't consume meat. So it's definitely doable, doable and relatable. Um, and if, I, if I'm going to share with you my own experience, of course, I've been always craving, you know, I want to have the, the, the food that I'm used to have, except that I need to take out all the dairy and all the meat. So um, I would say that the most important part in cooking, I, this is what I discovered are actually the spices. This is what makes the whole difference. And there's always a great way to um, transform any recipe. Um, one of the best alternative for um, for meat, I find it mushroom and beans or tofu. These are perfect combined with the good, with the right recipes. They do a great job. I have some recipes that I shared on my IG page um, where like you can find frike and <laughs> all the yachne. So the peas and rice and beans and rice. Um, so you name it, I cook it. <laughs> You know, I have to say, um, there is just one alternative that I haven't found a substitute for. And it's quite difficult because we make it so well in Morocco. We have, like like I mentioned, we have Labid and we have it a lot with the Khalir. We love having eggs in our recipes. So that's a tough one to replace. What suggestions would you have in terms of replacing egg? Uh, I I do also, I was used to, to consume eggs and love eggs, especially fried eggs or even boiled eggs. I didn't find an alternative. Actually, I've tried um, the tofu. It, you can have it as scrambled tofu. tofu. It, it, so it tastes, again, with the, with the right spices, with the salt and the pepper and all, it, it gives you the same taste as um, an omelette or, you know, uh, scrambled eggs. Um, however, I still miss the the boiled eggs, the the whole texture and uh, and taste, and that I wouldn't, I didn't try yet any alternative. But I do use in terms of alternatives. I do eat uh, vegan fish, <laughs> I eat vegan uh, meat. But I would say here to everyone, just be sure that you don't consume those alternatives. Um, very frequently because some of them are highly processed. Some are healthy, but others are not. So the best way is to read, um, always read the ingredients. One of the, the fasting now uh, during Ramadan um, is, is very similar, if you want to say, from scientific side to the intermittent fasting, right? So this is something that people already, many people adopt. Maybe it's not, uh, not maybe, definitely, it's not as hard as the intermittent fast, uh, the, sorry, the Ramadan fasting. However, the, the concept is the same. So um, actually this, uh, like the fasting itself, it is true. It does boost the energy while we think that, we need we need food but our body doesn't need food all the time however the type of food and the quality mainly the quality and quantity of food that we consume is the most important part so 
basically when we consume a lot of meat, a meat requires longer time to be digested, while plant boost plant-based food, sorry, um, is that you can even eat larger amounts if you want or larger portions or serving. And um, it doesn't require as much energy to be digested. So you can still feel light. And I'll talk as well from my own experience. One of the first things that I discovered when I switched is, yeah, before when I was used to have any, any meal that contains meat or dairy, it would take me really like two or three hours to digest it and I would feel sleepy and heavy. So um, if we are fasting, that would mean that it will consume all of our energy in the first three to four hours and that wouldn't help us to go through the, through our day. However, when you eat a plant-based meal, you feel energetic because your body doesn't need to make as much effort and plus the meat usually... Um, scientifically as well, causes inflammation in our body. So our body continues to fight all the time, the hormones and the, and the inflammation caused by this consumption. So adopting a plant-based diet will help really um, help us to digest faster without requiring uh, lots of energy and to be able to go through our day um, way easily, if you want to say. I have just one final question for you before we conclude, and it's this. What would be the one single advice that you would give to the 16-year-old Vanessa if it were your last day? Uh, well, since I'm leaving and she's going to do it again, <laughs> um, I would only say, because myself, I don't, I don't regret anything that I did, or I, would, I, I never wish I can do it again, so I would do it differently. I don't have this concept. But what I would definitely say to my six year, uh, 16 year old Vanessa is base, base your life decisions on your ethics and beliefs. Just follow what you believe into. And this is exactly what I did. And this is exactly what I want her to do. Um, just as long as we stick to our beliefs and our ethics and to be intentional in everything that we do, we, that itself wouldn't let us regret any, any step or any decision that we make. Because there is no right and wrong decisions at the, at the end. There is just a decision that is the best for each situation. Thank you so much for coming on, Vanessa. It's been wonderful to have you. The insights that you've shared today and your tips have been incredibly helpful. And I'm sure that our listeners have found great value. So thank you so much for coming on. If you like what you hear, remember to share, like and subscribe and do spread the word if you like this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This is Talking Respect. like what you hear then remember to share like and subscribe this is an independently sponsored podcast and your opinion matters to us so head over to www.talkingrespect.com and leave a feedback we want to hear what you think and your views matter to us 
Thank you again for listening. This is Talking Respect.